0: Welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You From, a podcast about me, Viv, being British-born Chinese. We talk about all sorts, who knows? Right, I've got a new podcast microphone, can you believe it? This podcast microphone was sold to me by Nigel Ung, he sold it to me for a cool £20. I wonder if I put this on eBay, would I get more than that if I sold it as Nigel Ung's original podcast microphone? Um, I like having hand-me-downs I think it's what makes the world go round. it's sustainable and it's a damn sight better than my previous microphone I don't know how to use it like I don't know where to talk do I talk to the side or do I talk upwards I need to figure that out um, I'm just holding it right now so I hope the audio is okay but it already sounds so much better Okay, sorry about that. I feel like when I just listen to that back, you could just hear me fumbling around. I feel like talking upwards is the way to go with the microphone. It's very sensitive. It's like a, it's like a penis. You've got to be very sensitive with the tip Oh fucking hell. Uh, no, but seriously though, you do, because if you can touch around the sides, that's less sensitive, but the top bit is extremely, extremely sensitive, so we just need to be careful. Anyway, if you have children listening to this podcast, I would suggest that they don't (laughs) because there's a lot of swearing and inappropriate jokes. So I should probably make this podcast like PG, PG 13, 18, this isn't 18s podcast. I don't know. Are there any under 18s listening? I am taking a bit of a social media break though at the moment this weekend. I've just gone off Instagram feel like I get a bit too addicted to it at the moment so I just need to have a couple of days just offline I'm enjoying it so far I'm enjoying it it's really really nice I feel serene I'm 30 years old how do I feel about turning 30 years old you ask well thank you for asking I actually feel very very good very, very good. I had a brilliant birthday. Thank you for asking. Thank you for all the messages as well. It was really, really nice reading messages from people. Um, and also shout out to my fellow Aquarians, Hong and Georgie Ma as well. And also, of course, my sister, Stephanie, who is engaged. So if you want to head over to her Instagram at Santanyao, send her a message saying uh, congratulations because she's super, super stoked and we're really, really happy. If anyone is wondering how I feel about being single whilst my twin sister is engaged, I feel happy. Why would I not feel happy? It's one of those things where I feel like if, I, if it was me right now getting engaged or even having a boyfriend, the timing just has to be right, doesn't it? I do trust the universe when it comes to timing of things. I've been single for nearly two years now and it's been the most... The most gratifying time for growth and just understanding myself. I know that sounds really super, super cringy, but when I I know that when I was in relationships, I didn't do as much growth. And now I'm not saying that if you are in a relationship, you can't, because certainly I know that people totally can. I've seen people in their relationships who have gone through massive changes in their lives, really positive changes Um, some not so positive changes but nevertheless um, I think for me personally I do the best kind of self-awareness and self-learning when I'm actually by myself. Uh, I've actually started seeing a therapist which has really really helped with talking about things. I've only had one session so far and that first session was a fucking revelation and I don't know how they managed to just sit there and listen and prompt you with questions and Get you to a place of understanding yourself. Even just from one session, one 50-minute session. Now, I realise that therapy is a very, very privileged thing to be able to do. I didn't go down the NHS, so I've gone private. Um... But I would really, really implore anyone who wants to look after their mind as well to consider things like therapy. I think people think that therapy has to be something that you go to when something traumatic has happened, uh, when actually it's just a really great tool to understand yourself better. So I'm really, really happy to be in therapy. I mean, obviously therapy can serve lots of different purposes, but the reason why I'm in therapy now is not because, I guess I am going through traumatic stuff got a lot of stuff going on in my life at the moment so I'm there to talk about that but also more so just understanding myself better um so I guess I'll let you know how I get on with it if you want me to talk about it I think it's important to talk about these types of topics we don't talk about mental health enough as it is especially I think within marginalized communities EC communities um, especially when it comes to talking to your parents um about things like mental health um certainly when it comes to my immigrant parents mental health isn't something that they had the they could be afforded to even consider uh, because they just had to survive and assimilate and so there's a big disparity between the two in terms of second generation children talking about their emotions and parents not necessarily understanding and i used to think that that was because of their own ignorance and now i really have come to a place of realizing that the reasons why are way more complex and nuanced than that and it's it does come down to some factors like the fact that they they just had to work in order to survive in this country and so we have to allow them that as well I've also been working out four times a week at the moment I've been doing Monday Tuesdays Thursdays and Friday mornings at 7am with my bubble Louise who lives in my building she happens to be my friend as well she actually basically got me to move into this place. Um, so we are working out to Les Mills classes at the moment. So if you haven't heard of them, they are owned by Reebok and they there's loads of different types of classes. They've got body combat. Uh, what else have they got? Yoga, dance classes, all sorts of different classes. And the main woman in there, Rachel... She's very motivating in a lot of ways. She's very happy. She's very, very, very enthusiastic. But she's made so many racist jokes. Like just by doing her classes, I'd say for a month now, or maybe two, I can't remember. But basically since when the gym shut down, January. She makes a lot of inappropriate comments. And I wonder whether people have picked up on it. For example, when we were doing this Bollywood-inspired dance, She started making jokes like, oh, this is hotter than Vindaloo. I think she's from New Zealand or Australia. Um, And then when we're doing body combat classes, which is a mix of martial arts classes, she starts making karate noises or like noises that sound like martial arts noises. It's really quite embarrassing and it's really terrible. And I wonder if anyone else has picked up on it. Um, Speaking of body combat as well, because it is a mix of martial arts, I've been to sessions before at the gym where they bow at the end of the session. So you have a white instructor bowing in front of people who are probably not from East or Southeast Asia or even Asian countries in general. And they're bowing to a group of like predominantly white people. I find that so weird. I think I talked about this last year in the podcast and how I made a stance to not bow because I found it so uncomfortable being the only Chinese person in that room bowing in a group of white people it just made me feel weird because if i don't even understand the significance of bowing like there's lots of different reasons why we do bow it's a sign of respect etc etc like are white people in that room going to understand it as well i just find it really strange and it's just so so unnecessary we don't need to bow at the end of the session i don't feel like it gets across the point of what we're trying to do like just do the class And that's it, say thank you like you usually would. I just find it really odd. I've recently discovered Layla Sard, who's the author of Me and White Supremacy. I've discovered her podcast, The Good Ancestor. It's such a bloody brilliant podcast. She brings on different guests um, and one that I listened to recently, was an, an episode with British Nigerian writer and satirist Nels Abbey. Uh, he talks about um, how to think like a white man in his book and it's a s- satirical anti-racism book. It's very, very funny. I've started reading it off the back of listening to this podcast. I would definitely implore you to listen back to her episodes. She she talks about race in obviously such, such a nuanced way, bringing on other guests who can talk about it in a very nuanced way as well the whole point of her podcast is how can she be a good ancestor and I really like that message I like that message of almost leaving a legacy or something for the generations after us um I think it comes from a place of knowing that within our lifetime we're probably not going to be able to end racism Like by the time I die, I don't think like things will change too drastically in terms of systemic racism. But I do think that having the mindset that like you're doing something, you're participating to something that is the much bigger scale. You're you're thinking of future generations ahead is really powerful and a very, very futuristic way of looking at things, which I don't tend to do that often. I have to really remind myself that um, the future is happening. I'm a very short-term thinker, I think, a lot of the time. So it's a really brilliant podcast. I would implore you to listen to it when you get the chance. So we're going to head straight into the podcast episode. So you're wondering about the title, Why I'm No Longer Dating White Men. Obviously, it's a play on words from Rennie edo book, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Clearly, it's meant to be provocative before you get all up in arms about it. Um, But there is elements of truth in there. And I'm going to talk through that today on the podcast. We're doing a solo podcast episode. I really had thought about this idea of no longer dating white men at the moment. Because I've experienced things. Shut up outside. I've experienced things recently which have entirely put me off. Obviously, that's not saying that I'm no longer going to date white men at all. Of course, that would be silly, but there really is something to be said for people of color, especially black women and black men, dating white people and the fetishization, racism, appropriation, everything else that occurs from white people dating people of color. And before anyone messages me saying, not all white men, I know, please save your energy. I, when I put this on my Instagram saying that like men are disgusting or something, I can't remember what I put now. I had a few women, most women saying, Haha, lol, this is so funny because they could relate. And then I had a good few comments um, in my DMs. Well, I hope you don't mean all white men. You're giving all men a bad name. Who said I was the speakerphone for all men? Do you reckon people are coming to my tiny platform on Instagram to get my opinion on all men? Like that is just so silly. And second of all, if you are not problematic, if you know that you conduct yourself in a way that treats women fairly, equally, etc., as much as you can within a system that is geared for white men or geared for men in general, You wouldn't have such an issue with what I was saying. Did it hit somewhere different? Is that why? Did it offend you somehow? And if so, perhaps think about why that is and sit with that uncomfortable truth for a minute rather than trying to defend yourself. Like, just listen. Listen to all the stats around hate crime, rape victims, domestic abuse, how men are in positions of power, And women are being paid unfairly. Like, this is a man's world that we live in right now. Um, And I don't mean all white men. (laughs) I know plenty of good white men. I know plenty of decent white men who are allies to women. Um, So I really, really don't. I feel like I don't even need to preface that. Because if you're listening to this and you are taking away as this being some kind of attack on white men... And this is not the podcast for you in the slightest. You are going to get offended. So I would say, please leave. Please leave. Thank you. Thank you. Now they're gone. We can safely talk. I feel safe again. Don't you? So previously, I have dated predominantly white men. um, But I feel like this was at a phase of my life where I still had my sunglasses on. If you don't know what I'm referring to, Amy Fung made an amazing metaphor about having sunglasses on um, before she kind of woke up to what was going on in the world, racism structures. And I feel like I was in the same boat when it comes to dating white men. I wouldn't have had those conversations around fetishization and racism, full stop, full stop. So it really, really interests me into how... I would have picked my boyfriend's way when I back when I started dating when I was 17 had I had come to this realization that white men uphold so much of this um if you have listened to my conversations with an ex episode I spoke with John my ex and for the first time ever we talked about Asian fetishization um and listening back I felt slightly surprised by a lot of what was said um and and also the fact that we just never have had that conversation before um it's it's a pretty uncomfortable episode for me to listen to i have to say it doesn't fill me with joy like the episode with kai did not to compare the two because the two are extremely different And this doesn't take away the amazing relationship that I had with John because for most part, it was an extremely, extremely safe, happy, healthy relationship, the most that I've ever had. Um, And when I spoke with John about the issues around Asian fetishization and why you can't have a type, completely took it on board, understood, took it how someone should when they were being checked about something. And we're all here to learn and grow. That's completely fine. I guess it just makes me wonder how we would have had that conversation whilst we were dating and how that could have been taken and how I would have felt in that position if I had to explain that again to him. Um, So it was quite interesting. But now it's one of those things, and I've talked about this before, where I'm very upfront about feeling fetishized and I hate it, absolutely hate it. Some people are okay with it, some people aren't. I am one of those people where I'm just not... And so I'm going to go into a story of um, this experience with a white man that I matched with on Tinder. We're going to call him Gary. (laughs) So Gary is a student nurse. He spent most of his career working with people with autism and he is studying nearby in Manchester He told me, actually, that he was an activist involved in the climate movement. He staged a protest at Stansted Airport where he stopped a plane from taking off the runway. And he got arrested. And it was on his record for, like, 11 years or something. Wild. Absolutely wild. So I'm going to spill the tea and read out what he messaged me. His opening line on Tinder. His profile actually didn't catch my eye. It was really uninspiring. He basically said... What did he say on his profile? Something like, oh, five foot nine for those who are interested. Bonus points if you message first. It really wasn't that inspiring. I didn't really take anything from it, which made me think he was in any way woke. But this was the impression that I got from him was that he was woke. So first message from Gary. I need to remember to call him Gary. (laughs) Hey Viv, smiley face emoji. Your profile has caught my eye. Your photos are lovely. Thank you, Gary. But more so than that, your bio has intrigued me. I recently wrote an essay for uni in which Kimberly Crenshaw featured prominently. Curious to know more about your podcast as well as the petition, Politics Story. And he's done like a, a dash thing, you know, the greater than sign. As well as the petition, greater than sign, Politics Story. What is that called? And also, oh, maths, can't do it. So I was like, oh, that's a very, very interesting message like firstly a white man referencing kimberly crenshaw the woman who basically coined intersectional feminism So I actually can't remember, I don't have a screenshot of my reply, but I sent the petition. Actually, I sent my stock response, which is, well, I started a petition to do blah, 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 since formed into this, blah, blah, blah. So I have that saved in my notes because I just can't be asked typing out because I have it on my profiles. Um, It's a bit of a conversation starter, but people usually ask me the same questions, So I just write it as a template and just copy and paste. (laughs) Work smarter, not harder. So I said, here's a petition, thank you. And on Spotify, you can search for, but where are you from? It should come up, I think. And then he has replied back. He replied back saying, past organizing is a long one for me. Short version is, started with activism around climate change, then social centers, and most recently helped set up a branch of a community union called, I won't say the name just in case we stop anonymizing him in Manchester. And then he said, oh, I asked him, so do you identify as a feminist? And he said, and yes, I definitely subscribe to it now. I will describe my feminism fucking hell. Feminism as intersectional and trans inclusive. So I was like, what? Who is this woke white man talking about being trans inclusive? I am so, so, so perplexed. And this is not to say white men can't be like, absolutely we need white men to be trans inclusive, but it's so rare that you see this on a dating app. And I kind of thought to myself, right. Okay. He's mentioned Kimberly Crenshaw. He's talked about being trans inclusive, bit baity, you know, but okay. Okay. Like you can't win with me. We want them to be woke And then when they are, I'm suspicious, I'm suspicious. So I was speaking to my friends about it. And I was like, this guy, who is he? Firstly, he's quite good looking on his photos. Secondly, he seems extremely woke, very progressive, involved in the climate movement, working with community organisations. Like, what the heck? So he messaged me saying, uh, let's jump on a call. So... Like a work thing let's jump on a call have you got the agenda so we organized a phone call and as soon as he answered he had a really warm voice he seemed so lovely you could just tell he had a very smiley voice and i was like oh he actually sounds really nice and sociable so we had such a deep chat about racism, trans-inclusivity, our work as activists. Um, I also asked him on the phone call as well about whether he's dated other Asian women. And he replied saying that he's already done his research on me. I think he either looked on my podcast or my Instagram. And so he had prepared an answer. He basically was like, yeah, so um, I knew you were going to ask me this. So I had already looked on your Instagram um, and podcast. I can't remember where now. And I was like, okay fair enough. And he said that he has dated two Asian women before, one of South Asian descent, um, in Indian parents, and then a British Singaporean woman um, who's already spoke to him about Asian fetishization. She absolutely hates it. And so he was very aware of this. And then my response was like, great, she's done the work. I don't have to. He already knows the implications of feeling fetishized as an Asian woman. So I was like, you can pass. We can go on a date. We can go on a walking date. So I was actually quite excited about it. And we carried on speaking, voice noting a little bit, talking about what we're looking for. He actually mentioned on a voice note that he identifies as non-monogamous. So I was quite interested in having a chat with him and just finding out more about this and just seeing exactly how that works. Because I've never really dated anyone who identifies as non-monogamous. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll see what this is all about. Um, we added each other on Instagram. I looked through his followers list. And he's made a massive boo-boo. Because I found out about his sexual kinks before we've even met. And I'm sure. Other women have done this too. So I could see that he was into things like BDSM. All that kind of stuff. There is literally no kink shaming here at all. You're into whatever you're into. But for a man (laughs) to display that type of... Well, obviously he doesn't know that I, I followed him. And then looked at who he was following. But it was just such a clumsy thing to do. You know? Like to have that so overtly readily available. That kind of information. Which just shows how dangerous... Online dating can be, you can find out so much about a person before you even met them and you can really make informed decisions about a person. All was fine. I was still really happy to meet him. I really, you know, was intrigued and wanted to see what he was like as a person. So we arranged a walking date on a lunchtime. So it's going to be like a quick hour-long walk at most, I would say. So a couple of days before our walking date, I had it scheduled in my diary I was very excited for it actually, I was really looking forward to it. He had messaged me saying, how was your day, uh, oh and you had some exciting plans yesterday too, keen to hear how that went. And this was my voice note which I'm actually going to play so you can listen to how I sounded on that voice note. Hello, hello, I thought I'd voice note you instead, uh, day was fine thank you. Um... Well, I, w- I say that but I'm actually lying. <laughs> it's been quite an up and down day. I think there's a lot of um, chatter with regards to Eastern and South Asian racism at the moment and it's becoming very, very tiresome on the community because we feel like we're just speaking within echo chambers constantly and um, there's very little white allyship when it comes to like Um, EC racism and the discourse within that it feels like it's always just left out so it's been a very very like just frustrating day from that perspective Um, but apart from that uh, I had some noodles that my sister dropped off my homemade noodles that my mum made which were incredible Um, and I had a really nice time seeing my friend Um, it's just an always very like validating and safe environment with my friend because we we chat about all sorts and um it's always just nice to catch up and be able to um just chat i actually mentioned you to him and he listens to like there's some left-wing podcast and they mentioned about your your um the stansted airport um protests and apparently where well, you you were acquitted recently i think you mentioned that on the phone to me and he remembered that like it was because it was this week wasn't it or recently that that happened so he was pretty impressed because he's a he's a pretty woke white man himself so that was my voice note for will cringe cringe central but if you have me on whatsapp or even instagram you know that i love a voice note that's why i'm doing these podcasts i love voice notes so i sent him that voice note and then i sent him a picture of my noodles and that was it and then that was at 21.40 that I sent that message. At 21.47, he replied saying, Alas, I cannot take any credit for the recent Stansted action. That was some friends of mine. This was me. And then he's linked to a Guardian article from 2008. This was the recent one. He's linked to a Navarra Media article about another Stansted protest that happened very recently he then replied back to my noodle picture and said these look so good they fed me today at placement which is nice but i don't think the food will be anywhere near as this looks and so that took us to 21 49 p.m and then i was just like interesting interesting okay so you've addressed the two points that i mentioned the latter two points you haven't addressed me discussing racism <laughs> in my first point. And you can see, you can hear in my voice note that I have a quiver in my voice. Like I was clearly upset about it and I was telling someone that I don't know. Someone who I thought was a woke white man. Someone who I thought understood intersectional feminism. <laughs> Turns out he's just read one essay on it. Um, so I gave him 20 minutes. He was online that entire time. I was like, just kept checking. I was like, maybe he's just replying back to someone. Maybe he's just like busy catching up on messages. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm going to have to stop giving men passes all the time. So then I replied back at 22.11 saying, I'm going to pass on us meeting. It's a red flag for me that there isn't acknowledgement or interest about me discussing EC racism. This is a deal breaker of mine. Perhaps you missed the point though. Right now I'm past giving people the benefit of the doubt. Hope you take care. Two minutes later, he jumps in oof he says i wasn't finished responding to all you had put and i'm flitting back and forth between several chats that are going a bit crazy and then followed up five minutes later when i hadn't responded with hindsight i should have responded to that first part i think the other responses didn't require any thinking which is why i fired them back instantly but sounds like you've made your mind up and if that's the case that's a shame and i will be sad but maybe there is no point trying to convince you otherwise oh boohoo hoo, gary So that was at 22.18 and then at 22.33 when I didn't reply. Can you confirm if your mind is definitely made up? (laughs) Fucking hell. So at that point what he wanted was for me to placate him and the priority for him was making sure that I wanted to go on this date with him or not rather than, even at that stage, rather than saying, I hope you're okay, racism sucks or anything. I hope you're all right. So I just replied back saying, I've had a pretty triggering day, as mentioned. So I'm mentally at capacity right now. Shall we chat another time? So diplomatic. That was way more forgiving than it needed to be. And then he he sent back a message saying, yes, sure. That's it. (laughs) And then it got to, so I was at 22.46 when he sent that message, got to 23.37 when I was fuming about it screenshotting his messages and sending them to my friends and then I replied back saying actually no I don't want to chat another time it would have been quite easy for you to just extend some sympathy and solidarity when a person of color is telling a white person that something shit is going on some empathy is all it takes sometimes disappointed because there's such cognitive dissonance despite your theoretical work on intersectionality yet when it's played out in real life it doesn't quite extend further than that Perhaps I put you on a pedestal, but right now I don't have the capacity to take this further. So I'm going to be blocking you to preserve my boundaries. Block. (laughs) So I blocked that motherfucker. Um, So you might think that that was harsh, or you might think, yes, totally agree. The way I see this is, even if I had just said, I've cut my finger, it's really sore, ouch, I'm really hurting, Or I've got a headache. Even if it was nothing to do with talking about race in any way. Then just some acknowledgement. I hope you're okay. Like why is there such a lack of human decency? You know? Like and also like I'm someone who could potentially have been Gary's life partner. Or you know part of his non-monogamous lifestyle. You're someone who works in nursing and people with autism. So surely you have sympathy and yet it doesn't extend to people of colour when they need just someone to be like, I'm so sorry this is happening. You know, it's quite worrying that there's such a lack of that. So I felt very, very empowered after blocking him. Um, But I I do also wonder, had I still had my sunglasses on, my racism sunglasses on where I couldn't see racism, (laughs) Would I have even known that this was a red flag to me? I think you learn things as you go along, as you experience more and more things, more and more microaggressions. You learn things as you go along in life. And now at the wise old age of 30 years old, I can clearly, clearly pick out the red flags quite easily and just learn to just, again, going back to trusting your gut, always going back to trusting your gut. Um, I shared it with some friends too and they said it was a complete red flag. There's absolutely no excuse. Hope you're okay takes three words. So it took him longer to search for two links, two URL links, one from The Guardian, one from Novara Media. Like you would have to go into your browser, search a link unless he just has them in his bookmarks, which in that case is completely narcissistic anyway. There's absolutely no excuse. And so this is why... I am so tired of dating white men because he was probably one of the most well-read men that I have experienced in a while apart from Kai my mate Kai still takes that spot he <laughs> he is just incredibly incredibly well-read empathetic everything you need to be to be a white ally Uh, Hi, Kai, if you're listening to this. Sorry, I haven't texted you back yet. Um, I have no excuse. Basically, that's why I'm tired of it. And I don't know whether anyone else resonates with me at all with this. I certainly just feel like I can't keep doing this to myself because that caused me to feel anxiety, anger, stress. And now I'm talking about it again, which is bringing up more of those feelings And so I'm sorry if this triggers anyone, but I'm sure there's plenty more relatable experiences from people of colour who have experienced this from white men before. So this is why I take that stance of why I'm no longer dating white men. Um, It's going to take a lot to prove to me otherwise. And also, caveating again, this doesn't mean all white men, nor does this mean that people of colour are safe too. That's not the case at all. But It really, really does add another complexity into dating. Um, I really, really don't know how to navigate this, especially when I'm now in my 30s. And just considering the pool of men that are out there at the moment during lockdown too, where we're all just kind of like on dating apps to pass the time and people aren't really looking to commit to anything until things are open per se things are open like my legs i'm joking joking um so yeah that's basically the story that i wanted to share today i would love to know thoughts i'd love to know whether you've experienced something similar please share on instagram and please spread the word of this podcast please also review us we haven't had reviews for a while um and that really helps the podcast actually so if you could review give give us a cheeky little five star if you're at this stage of listening to me 36 minutes in you you're going to want to give me a five star aren't you like you can't be a hater at this stage surely surely anyway i am going to sign off now um i can only withstand talking for 36 minutes straight for so long but i hope you're all doing well i hope you are all having really restful weekends I am doing absolutely nothing else this weekend apart from editing this episode and I'm super, super happy about that. I'm going to get a takeaway tonight. The B Scene girls got me a Just Eat voucher. So I'm going to be um, probably eating sushi or something. Something that I would never usually spend my money on because <laughs> I'm so tight. Anyway, I hope you have a lovely, lovely week and I will speak to you next week. Bye. <coughs>